Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide meaningful support to you, the listener, to find great careers faster. And that's whether you're working or not. Today's episode is brought to you by the Anatomy of a Networking Conversation book. It's a free resource we have available for you to download at jobseekersradio.com. Go there today. Yes, download it. It's free. It's free, and it's an ebook that we put together a little while ago that we found to be very helpful to people who, who really want to look at networking and expanding their network. The big question we're talking about today is how do I know what job to apply for? When I look at the multitude of positions that are out there, it's really hard to figure, to pick and choose, right, which ones to apply for because there's so many. In fact, when at the time we're recording this, there's 7 million postings on, just on LinkedIn alone. I love this question, and I get asked this from time to time simply because people don't know how to do the job search. It's not that they don't know what job they want. They do. They just haven't figured out how to get there. But I always come back with the question, what kind of job do you want to do? What work inspires you? What motivates you? What makes you feel like, wow, I get to go to do this job today? Certainly, there is a finite number of jobs that does that for you. So start there. And then you can start doing searches either on LinkedIn or elsewhere to find out what jobs do that kind of work and start exploring. It's often that I hear this question, Scott, when someone is focused just on a title and the title doesn't always translate to the type of work they want to do. Company to company, it's called something different. Exactly. So that may, that does make it more difficult. It, however, if you're looking at the skills you want to use in different jobs, it, it opens up more doors that way within your search. First step that we both recommend, and we talked about this a lot, is identifying your strengths. Right. So finding the strengths first will allow you to find the titles. That, that's how I look at yes, it. Yes, I would and agree. I would encourage everybody on the podcast that's listening, determine what is it that you love to do more than anything? Professionally speaking, of course. I like to play golf, right? Take okay. my dog for a walk. There are ways to even make that professional work. How would you do that? Well, for example, uh, okay, so you want to play, you, you love playing golf and you like being around golfers. You like the environment on the golf course. You're probably not going to get into the ranks of professional golf that are making a living, especially those making millions, just playing golf, right? But there are so many jobs at the jo- at the golf courses. Or if you like retail, those who sell golf equipment and supplies and apparel, apparel and all these things. There are so many auxiliary jobs or ancillary jobs that actually tie to your passion. And I'd say that's a really good place to start if it's not retail that you want to do, you know, that's not your realm. Okay. What's the manufacturing side looking like? How can you get involved with people who are making the products or, or designing the services that go around there? Walking the dog. I actually have a friend. He had a corporate job. He wasn't happy in it. And then he had some health issues that took him out of the workforce for a while. When it was time to get back on his feet, he had healed from the physical issues. He didn't want to go back 
to the career he had had before. He's now a professional dog walker. Is that a high paying job? No. As you work through that and you're working up your network, you can actually start targeting the kinds of clients that will pay you more. And he's making a decent living doing it. There are ways that you can take what you're passionate about and make it into a job really quite directly. I heard something there that is really helpful to me and probably a lot of people on the podcast. And that is determining what you love to do is one part of it. Determining how you like to do it or how you love executing on that Mm -hmm. is something uh, I think a lot of people miss. And so, yes, I like to walk my dog, but I like to do that in solitude while I'm listening to an audiobook, right? And so part of that is, okay, now I know how I like to deliver the, the dog walk. That's just an example. Now you just opened up another idea. So I love listening to audiobooks. Assuming that not every audiobook is narrated by the author, do you have a voice that lends itself to recording audiobooks? And how could you make that a job so that you're you're actually helping other people enjoy the same thing you enjoy. Is that a direct correlation? Maybe not. You're still involved. So there are all sorts of things that you can start to explore. Is that going to be a full-time job? Who knows? And who, knows? who are the who are the companies that do that kind of work? Right. There's actually I think a company in um, Ashland Uh, Oregon, where they have the Shakespearean Festival. And what they do is when it's the off season, all of these actors, these Shakespearean actors, which have these really interesting voices, they actually narrate the dramatic version of a lot of different audiobooks. And then they sell those online. That's fantastic. And I think, you know, so thinking creatively sometimes is hard for people when they see the carrot right there on LinkedIn and they want to apply and they feel like they have to apply or they get into, I don't know what it is about social media. I am sure they have people working there that used to work at um, uh, casinos. I've seen this before. So the casinos actually have people that do psychological analysis on how do you get people to spend more money in the casino. And so then they create video poker and these different things to increase somebody's attention span for a longer time on that thing. And we know that social media does that. Those who provide it, whether it's Facebook um, or any of the others, they're all uh, trying to keep your attention longer and longer and longer. So you spend more time there, presumably so that you buy more things through their advertising, which, okay, you know, we'll, we'll set that part of the conversation aside. I think part of it has to be that instant gratification idea. Uh, It's much more complicated than that sounds. The idea is we need to get that job now. I need to be applying for those jobs. I need to be looking for the things that are actually going to get me somewhere. And I don't have time to think about the things that I love doing and why I love doing them and how I would do it. Well, the way I look at that is this is your personal investment in your own career. If you're not taking the time to figure out why you love doing what you do, uh, why you would want to continue doing that as a career or a part of that within the job. If you're not figuring that out, you're actually not setting yourself up to have a good interview. When I can tell someone, this is why I want to work for you, because you're going to be able to trigger all these things that I love doing. I, as an employer, will think I'd like to hire that person because they are already going to be satisfied just by taking this job. I don't have to convince them of any of that. 
when we're talking about finding out your strengths, we're looking at those things that you do well, that you enjoy doing. One of the points I want to make on finding your strengths is there are actually books out there that will help you do that. The one that I can't come up first with is Strengths Finder, mm. which some of our listeners know about. Maybe there are others who don't. But every book that you buy, and it's not an expensive book, but everyone gives you a unique link to taking an assessment. I'm a big believer in personal assessments that are validated and reliable. They're valid in the sense that they are going to accomplish what they say they're going to. They're going to measure whatever it is. There are a lot of them out there. Anything that is free, you have to remember you get what you pay for. But if you're paying for this book, the chances are pretty good that you're going to get a reliable assessment. And I happen to feel very strongly positively towards the strengths finder. So you take the assessment, it tells you what your strengths are based on the way you took the assessment, and then it actually talks about how you can utilize these strengths in your life, presumably in your work. If I go into an interview and I've chosen something that I think is going to ping my triggers, right, based on my strengths, I can now talk to that hiring manager or the, the recruiter about the reasons why I want to work for that company in particular. Because as we've said in other podcasts, you want to do your research. You've got to figure out why this would be a good fit because if you don't do do your homework then they're not going to take you seriously. If you know what your strengths are and you can speak intelligently about them you're actually giving yourself a leg up. As you're researching your strengths then you're also going to be able to correlate that with the jobs that you're looking for based on the skills that those jobs say they're mm. going to be using. You're you're looking at things from different perspectives. The nice thing about StrengthsFinder and the other one I recommended is uh, Standout. Both have been influenced by Marcus Buckingham. Right. And we'll put those in the show notes, links to those. The thing I like about both of those is it gives you a set of language you can use. When you're talking to coworkers or you're going to an interview or you're crafting your LinkedIn profile or you're putting together a resume, guess what? You have a list of keywords that describe who you are. And I know that tailoring that language to a certain degree to the audience is a good idea. It gives you a starting point. And the nice thing about that is we often talk on this podcast about brand. And the nice thing about these different assessments is you get to overlay your skill with a little bit of this branding language. Like uh, for me, my top strength is learner and analytical. Right? right? Go figure. Learner analytical. Now I can take the language that you, you know, you open the book and it has a whole bunch of things there. Does this describe you? And there's a whole page or more of things that describe you. And it's like, yep, that's me. Yep, that's me. And there's a whole list of words you can grab and say, yep, that's the one that describes me. And I now put that on my folder or my... Certainly onto your resume. You catalog it somewhere. Sure. And when you start putting these things in the resume that you have on LinkedIn, LinkedIn can actually do some of the research for you because it's going to try to, as long as you set up a job search function within the, the site, it now will match your resume based on those keywords to the jobs that come up. That's another way to bring into your newsfeed, so to speak, the different positions that may be a good match for you. Then once we have the language, these words, so to speak, we can make some choices. Sure. We can start prioritizing that list. We can do keyword searches on that list. We can identify companies, 
titles. We can identify people that are using the same language that describe me and we can reach out to them and have a good conversation. Why? Because it's likely we feel the same way or see the same perspective and add the same value. So that would be a good conversation. And if you're going to link with someone on LinkedIn that you don't know, it's always a good way to start out by telling them why. If you use your desktop to, to get into LinkedIn, you will be able to find a way to send them a message. You don't have to pay for it. It's just you can send a message that personalizes your connection request. And you tell them, hey, I saw on your LinkedIn profile that these are the things that you're discussing or interested in, or these are your skills, and I'd like to have more conversation around that. I think that's a great, great way to meet people, to expand your network, and to be talking about things that you're actually passionate about. This allows you also to identify those jobs because now I'm reaching out to a person who might be working at a company, and I can see what title do they have. So now I've kind of put in all these somewhat disparate and, and maybe sometimes esoteric words that describe me. But lo and behold, this person shows up and now I can look at their profile, look at what they're doing and ask them questions about how did you get into that business? What skills are required to be good at what you do? Right. And it doesn't have to be someone local. No. This isn't trying to get the job from that person. This is just about talking to people who have similar skills or interests and what have they done with that? Because that's going to help you answer the question, what job do you apply for? And then you've got all the information you need to be successful. You know a person on the inside. You know the company. You've had a good conversation. They recognize that you might be a fit for a role. They might even ask you to apply. So here's the thing. You could go to the 7 million on LinkedIn, close your eyes and, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Pick one. Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> or you could do something a little more proactive and in your self-interest to a certain degree. I wouldn't use the self-interest to approach somebody else, but I think it, it's, it has to start inward. I find the, the most pushback from people that I talk to about, especially those who are saying, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up, or I don't know what job to apply for based on my background, whatever that is, they, they don't want to put the time into doing the research. And I understand that point of view. Research is is not something that I would say I enjoy doing. It's certainly not fun to slow down the pace of getting out there and meeting people or putting out resumes or whatever that is because I just I prefer keeping a fast pace. Research slows that down. But I know that about myself. And so if I can dedicate a certain amount of time to just doing the research, I benefit from that. If I'm not making time, I never have the time. I think that's a... It could be philosophically said, you can't make time. Sure. I have to invest the time. I have to set time. A, yeah, I have to But invest. what I mean is, for those who are too busy, nobody's too busy to do what they need to do. It's just that whatever is their priority in the moment is keeping them from doing something else. Fine. That might be higher value. Right. And okay. recognizing that. Right. right. Okay. So I would much rather send out 10 resumes and then take the rest of the day to sit at the beach. Great. You know that about yourself. Own it. If you actually want that job or you want to figure out what job you want to do, you're going to have to make that the priority you're going to spend your time doing that. It's not a matter that people don't have time. It's that they don't make the time in the sense that they're not making it a priority to spend their time accordingly. Highest and best activity first is a challenge that everybody has. If you can see the end before you see the beginning, that's where I think a lot of people trip up is they're trying to go to the end without seeing the beginning first. 
And that's what the applications do, right? They, oh, there's the end. And that is the enticing part, right? Because now it's easy, right? It's a, just a straight line. Well, but have you ever then sent out the, the application and three or four weeks later, they come back to you and say, okay, we'd like to interview you. And all of a sudden you're thinking, I just sent out 300 applications over the last month. Which one is this? And suddenly I have to go back to it. Well, if I'm applying to things that have used my strengths, that uh, have keywords about my skills, I can start talking about this regardless because I'm staying on message. And your brand really doesn't change. Who you are is who you are. The things you do might be different. The places in which you do them might change, but who you are and how you do things doesn't change. Right. Like I know you will always be an expressive type. Yes. Right? Yep. And I will always be analytical. That's just my... Sure thing, you know, and so that part doesn't change about me. With with that line of thought, if you go into a highly expressive role, are you going to be happy in it? Are you going to do as well as an analytical role? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't. It may be that that's exactly the way your growth will benefit you in the long run, and you probably have skills doing it. The reverse is true of me. Do I really want an analytical job? Well, that isn't the first thing I choose because analysis is not my thing. Strategy is my top strength, that analyst position could help me build the strategy so that the next position that I'm in would actually be the strategic position within that company. Yeah. There are hey, all sorts wait, of wait, things. wait, wait. Stay out of my analytical space. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, I promise but- I won't compete with you for that, <laughs> for that role. Thank you. Thank God. I have space. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the other side of this, Scott, and you, I think, kind of touched on it in what you said, is there's things here that you're just not good at or don't appreciate or, or do well. And maybe that's the research part of things. And sometimes you can hire somebody to help walk you through that. And that's where the value of a coach is really important, where you can get some value is hire somebody to help you with these things if you don't know. Right. I, I I can't think of the name of the website, but I know there's one, there's probably several, that where you can actually find tutors that can help you with these things. If you're not going to connect with a professional coach because you're afraid they will charge too much or whatever, I totally get that. There are other avenues to find people who can coach you through the things that you need to up your game on or whatever that is. I would also, your your point on research, I have learned how to do good research. I've never learned to enjoy it. I love the outcome of it. So I'm willing to make the effort, but there are going to be things that just aren't my strength. So I have to remember that it's going to take me longer to build my skills in my weaknesses than it would be to build my skills in my strengths, which is part of the message from strengths quest and strengths finders and Marcus perspective Buckingham and yeah that you're going to grow more when dealing with your strengths that doesn't mean that's the only thing you should be doing we're suggesting use that to find the kinds of jobs that will resonate with you that will align with your values that are going to keep you motivated don't pigeonhole yourself in that either talk to coaches talk to people in your network go to the networking events to have conversations about new ideas because if you say to someone i've had 10 years of experience in this and i'm really looking for something that's going to take me out of my comfort zone and okay that's great What are your skills? Be ready for that part of the conversation. Then pay attention to what you hear. 
Yes. And take the advice and then ask another question. What I find is people take the advice, but they only hear what they want to hear. And what they don't hear or, or at least seek is that person's perspective on why they see that. And often what I find, even with people that I know really well, is they'll say something and I'll take it as their opinion, when in reality, I should take it as what they observed me doing. And often their perception is their reality and it may not be mine. That's absolutely true. Your perception is going to, to indicate a different reality from what they're doing. So that, that networking conversation, oh, here we go back to the, the yeah. ebook. That networking conversation has to be a series of questions so that you're digging a little deeper. Again, to understand the other person's perspective, not just asking the question to reply. That does it for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. There's all the show notes and resources available for you at jobseekersradio.com forward slash zero six four. Go to our website, download the uh, Anatomy of a Networking Conversation ebook, and then as you go into the, the depths of the content, give us feedback on this. What is it that if there's a question that you have that we haven't answered yet, or if you've run into a networking situation that is different from what we're talking about, bring that up so we can address those. You can leave comments right on the webpage yep. for this episode. You can also click the Contact Us button if you have any questions that'll come to us by email. Either way is perfectly acceptable. Yeah, we and we do want the questions. Yes, we do occasionally have episodes where we address or respond to questions that we get from the listeners, and we want to feature one of your questions. Yeah. In fact, for those who continue to listen, we're, we know that another uh, Q&A episode is coming up soon. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode. Your investment of time and attention is greatly appreciated. Uh, if you're on the iTunes platform, go ahead and go there and subscribe to get future episodes. While you're there, we'd really appreciate if you just give us a rate and review. It allows us to make this a better product for you and also spreads the message of hope Absolutely. In, in terms of networking for the jobs that you really want. We'd love to reach more people. So um, I'm Scott. And I'm Andrew. In the words of Marcel Proust, the real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. Perspective. Thanks, everybody. Everything is perspective. Absolutely. Bye-bye. <laughs>